Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive. Deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going. Going. The big leagues. Going. Going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bat. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang. Zoom. Go the fireworks. The fan. Welcome into the hot corner for it must be a Wednesday as it's always a Wednesday. No Joe tonight, just me and Mike. Hey buddy. And boy, oh boy, are there things to discuss today. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, and like, I don't even want to beat around the bush. This Dave Matthews thing is really kind of itching my buns right now. You should probably get that checked out. Well, put him in the hall. Do you know they had the most fan vote of any fan? I'm not surprised. Well, I mean, our fan base. God, I can't believe I said our fan base. Our fan base is terrible. You are uh, you are a big Dave Matthews Band fan. For those who don't know, Patrick does travel around the Pacific Northwest to see them 99% of the time that they are here. This is true. Um, I've also seen them in Berkeley, and I have seen them in uh, – where else have I seen them? I have seen them in uh, Virginia as well, in their hometown. How many times did you see them this year? Because you went to every single day of the Gorge. Yeah, this year one, right? I saw them four times. Three times at the Gorge, once at Ridgefield. You know what? The Ridgefield show was so fun because I just got out of the Gorge, and the Gorge was great. And I knew they weren't going to do anything crazy because that amphitheater, in my opinion, is not my most favorite. And it's near the end of the tour, and it's, like, not a big city destination because they see Ridgefield. They don't see Portland. They see Ridgefield. So they're like, yeah, whatever. We can mail this in. But I had a lot of fun at it. Like, snuck in, got better. Oh, like the band mails it in? No, they don't mail it in, but it's like the band is notorious for these huge venues, whether it's Alpine in Wisconsin or SPAC in Saratoga, New York. Like they're no West Palm Beach in Florida. They are known to do like epic shows at these classic venues for the for the band. And Ridgefield is not a classic venue for the band, but the gorgeous. And I just got back from three shows and they were they were fantastic. But I had a good time because I bought lawn seats, but snuck down and had really great seats and super drunk with some friends and had a great time. Yeah, you told me about that after it happened. But yeah, I skipped was, this show to go. Yes, you did. It was just more of a, uh, just more of a letting everybody else out there know that you are a super fan of the Dave Matthews Band. If you had to pick a favorite band, it would be them. And uh, I always say it's not. I'm always like it's the Who or the Wu Tang Clan or the no, Fugees or Outkast. It's them. It, yeah, by far, it's, it's them. probably them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, look, I know some of those bands aren't exactly touring constantly. Or I like Pearl Jam a lot, you know, but 
if those bands were coming every single year and doing three day shows, you wouldn't go see every single one of them every single time. But you do with Dave Matthews Band. Probably not. Yeah. The fan base is tiring though. They're you're, really you're, tiring. You're part of the- I understand. Are but you tiring? I, I understand, but it's like it's like one of those things. <laughs> the first thing you did when you came in was like, I can't believe Dave Matthews Band <laughs> didn't make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is a joke. And it, I was like, well, there's Dave Matthews Band for you, <laughs> fan. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like I like that band a lot. I think that band is really is really talented. They put on a great show, and I have a lot of fond memories seeing that band. However, the fan base acts as if they're bigger than the Beatles. You know, that they're greater than any person to ever step foot. And you get into the jam band community and they're like, you like the dead? Lame. Fish? Lame. String cheese? Lame. You're like, what? No, stop. Stop. Like, these bands are good. Stop poo-pooing everyone because, you know, Stefan's not on bass in that band. Like, it's it's okay. They're- See, I, I understand liking a band so much that you think they're the greatest thing ever i'm i wouldn't call myself a super fan but i am a very very big fan of my favorite band that's a metal band between the bear to me i've talked about them mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. i absolutely love their music and i cannot get enough when they have a new album i listen to it for like months on repeat um but it doesn't stop me from having logical thoughts about them not being better than other again i'm going to narrow it down totally. to metal but like, clearly they're not as good as the Beatles, but like there are classic metal bands out there and like they're not better than Metallica or more influential than Metallica. They're not better than Opeth. They're not better than Dream Theater, but they're my favorite band and I love right. them to death. I think they're better than them, but I know that they're not overarching better than them. I enjoy Dave. I enjoy DMB more than any band in that genre or any band playing real instruments in a rock-ish songwriting form but I am very aware that they are not the best. I think their musicians are phenomenal. I think just as far as like a trained musician, you are fantastic, but I'm very well aware that they are not the best. And I think that fan base is really tough. Like message boards, like you think message boards are bad in college football. You should get on a DMB message board. Like people are out of their mind. Ridiculous. And sometimes I feel a little bit, I shouldn't say a little bit okay about it. I think it's kind of cool when people are that passionate about it that they have all these hot takes and they right. want to share those opinions. But, yeah, I mean, if it becomes... You should hear what happens when I tell people I don't think Nirvana's that good. If it becomes, People lose their ass on me. Whoa. If it becomes, like, vindictive and, like, trolling, then, yeah, it's a little bit too far. Maybe you should stop that. Yeah. And I, I think I just have a big problem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in general. I've been there. Mom and I went when we went to the World Series in Cleveland in 2016. Really cool place. They had a big, uh, they had a big The Wall exhibit from Pink Floyd, which was really cool. And they had a bunch of like Prince costumes there, like costumes, Prince, like, I don't even know, like his, his, like his wardrobe, his wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, and there was some really cool, like timely stuff that was really fun and it's a great spot, but I just have issues. It's like, what did notorious BIG ever do for rock and roll? He's top five MC for sure. Without a doubt. I'm never going to argue that, but what did Whitney Houston do for rock and roll? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You know, this is like worse than the than the basketball Hall of Fame where it's like Barack Obama used to sit courtside at Duke. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. You know, like that stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, so I just, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It Just make it the Music Hall of Fame them and then Yeah, just it. make it the Music Hall of Fame. Have a rap section and a country section and yeah. a metal section and a hip, you know. It, do, it does seem like they tried to 
get people who transcend genres, which, I mean, you could say Biggie and Whitney Houston did transcend genres. There are people... How? Well, there are people who like only certain things who will also listen to those people, right? <laughs> it's like, I only listen to jam bands, but, you know, Whitney was pretty dang good. Yeah, and I like that. I like a couple of Biggie songs, too. He was pretty solid, you know, classic. I understand his importance in the role of, of, of forming rap and all that. So, yeah, he's cool, too. I Look, I mean, I... To be completely honest with you, I don't really care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah, I know. at all. Like when I full disclosure, when Isaac Stu brought it up, I was like, okay. Wasting time. Well, I, <laughs> they were passionate about it, and I just kind of sat back and was like, I know who T-Rex is. Here's the song I know. Okay, bye. Because I don't care. It yeah. just it doesn't bother me. I'm like, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. It's it, it some of these things always kind of feel like a sham anyway. So I'm just like, yeah, just just let it be. The uh the Soundgarden let one it I be. <laughs> the Soundgarden one I think is pretty tough. I think that is clearly a band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we talk about this with baseball. You know, we, we're, we're about to get the 2020 class. They're about to announce that sometime this month, I believe, right? Is that that soon? Yeah, I think they announced it in January. Oh, we're um, going to get one guy. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you see it and then it's like, I understand the validity of the first ballot, you know, and, and that being an honor bestowed to the all-time greats. I get that, and I'm okay with that. But it's like, you know, Tim Raines, it took you 10 years to realize he's a Hall of Famer. No, the answer is yes or no. Yes or no. Yes or no. And, you know, we, you know, I, I complained about this with uh, with Edgar Martinez. It's like my entire life watching him. I was like, that guy's a Hall of Famer. No, but it took him 10 years. Like, I just don't get it. You're either in or you're not. You're in or you're not. There's no prestige around first ballot rock and roll Hall of Fame. You know, so if they're if they're great and you know they're going to get in, put them in. People like to feel important in making these choices, and people like to have debate around it. So I get it, but I am with you. I mean, you know, if you listen to them and you think that they're great or they're transcendent, then you know they're a Hall of Famer, right? Right. I don't think T Rex is a Hall of Fame band. I fine. don't. I do. Uh, that's fine. Dave Matthews Band should probably be because of their impact on all the people that Soundgarden, are Pat their Benatar. Fans. Yeah. If Joan Jett's a Hall of Famer, Pat Benatar is a Hall of Famer. Sure. Yeah. All right. Rant over. Like I said, you're losing me because it's the Hall of Fame. I don't <laughs> I can only have so much passion about that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I do have a lot of passion about what we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> Oakley Dokley. Well, we got uh we got uh, a, a weird show for you today, as in this will one hundred percent be dominated by everything and everything that is in life right now. Uh coming up at the eight o'clock hour. I mean, like, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, there's, you know, we got Alex Cora news. We got Carlos Beltran news. We got the fallout from the Astros. What do we do with players? Is Manfred being report. good? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to get into. And I don't, you know, I think, let me do this first. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday night. You can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27. You can find me on Instagram at PDD 085. There's also the beers on us podcast. Mike and I do drops every Thursday at four. That's also on Instagram at beers on us. There's the fan text line, 55305, lets you interact with the show. As people are already doing, everybody <laughs> hates Dave Matthews, I understand. It's understandable. I'm not trying to make you listen to it, so just let a man love what he loves. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love Pac-12 basketball. It doesn't mean it's great. <laughs> and I, I love Lamp. Yeah, I, I, just, love, I Lamp, love Lamp. And I love Lamp. Uh, but I think, the, I think the first place to start here is the Houston Astros and where that goes. And we'll do that first in... Maybe one of the biggest shows we've ever done here in the hot corner in our five, six years of existence. I'm excited to get into this. I'm a little scared. I'm interested in your opinion, Mike, because we haven't even talked about this together. 
we've talked a little bit. Yeah, when it first since, came out. Yeah. But not since punishments and the backlash and all that. So I'm very interested. And we'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Auburn's losing to Alabama right now by nine. Okay. <laughs> I like college basketball. Yeah, I do too, but this year has been strange. I'm not surprised that any team is losing to anybody. Yeah, that is true. Auburn's one of the last undefeated teams. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Bruce Pearl, weird. Hmm. How'd Tennessee end? Yeah. Okay. How's this going to end? I just took a deep breath. <laughs> Let's dive into the deep end, shall we? We're not taking the stairs into the pool. No, we're not. We're not climbing down the ladder. We are no nope. jumping in to a frigid pool and we don't know how deep it is, but we know that we will at least come up and get some breaths of air. I hope baseball has a way of having something like this every 10 to 20 years. I feel like um, there's always something in major league baseball that comes out and becomes a, a big topic of conversation. And the unfortunate reality behind this when it comes to baseball, or maybe the fortunate because it gets eyeballs on it and gets people talking about it, is that it's always a protection of the game. It's always something happened in a negative way, and now baseball has to act. I think it is safe to say that this is the biggest thing since steroids. The only thing that will buck that trend, I think, was after 9-11. Yes. Was baseball came together to help the country heal. It was not something that baseball had go wrong. Now, it was something that was terrible, and baseball was a part of it. And, People and, that didn't watch baseball watched baseball. Yes. But outside of that, yeah, anytime we've seen this, it's been really, really bad in the sport, and then the sport trying to, oh, God, we got to do something. And it's been so strange because I would say when it comes, especially like social norms and quality of life, I think baseball has been ahead of this more so than anybody else. You know, they were the first people to let African-Americans and minorities play in their league. That was a big that was a big thing ahead of everybody else. I mean, society wasn't even there, and baseball made that happen. This is probably the biggest thing since steroids. I wonder if this is a bigger thing that, since steroids than steroids, but we can get to that later. But let's just dive right into this. The Houston Astros punishment comes down, and we knew it was coming, and I— I almost want to start with, I don't think we realized this was as big of a deal until the report came out. Because when we've talked about this in the past, I think we kind of looked at it like, oh, yeah, yikes, you're busted. And now that it's come down, this is a big topic. And the Astros are found guilty of cheating using a bunch of sign-stealing techniques, including technology, including trash cans, including players' cooperation, GM, managers knowing about it. Major League Baseball comes down with the decision that A.J. Hinch is suspended for a year. Their GM is suspended for a year. Loss of first and second round draft picks this year and next year and a $5 million fine. Which is the maximum allowed amount of fine to a team. Subsequently, GM manager lose their jobs. And I was kind of like, well, if you're suspended for a year and you're tied to this, if you're Crane, of course you have to fire him. But as a few days settle in, this doesn't sit well with anybody. Doesn't sit well with me. Does it sit well with you? What, the firing or the or the punishment? Just any of it. I'm kind of like awkwarded out talking about this with some people. Because hmm. I almost, I know where I feel, but I don't want to get crazy. I'm trying to view it in a logistical, 
calm way. And I don't know if I can. I'm 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 upset about this. Yeah, me too. And I'm not having any sort of weird. I'm upset about this. Um, I think that the punishment was good. It was fair. Uh, it's unprecedented in baseball to see a punishment like this. There are a lot of people out there that wish it was more. I've seen reports that the teams and the owners wish it was more. And even that Manfred maybe lied to them and said it would be harsher than it was. I can understand that. But in itself, if I want to turn it to Neil O'Shea for a second, in a vacuum, a full season suspension for a manager is has almost never happened. Right. right? Uh, like happened like once or twice before ever. Those managers, if you want to include Alex Cora in this, and then we'll get to the Red Sox in a second and Cora in a second, but Cora also fired by the Red Sox, by the way, both got fired. And I'm unsure what that does to their ability to get a job in the future. We've seen bad people, I'm doing air quotes, in baseball eventually come back to the game and have a place in it. Mark McGuire is a hitting coach now. Great example. Um, Alex Rodriguez is the face of baseball on TV. Great example. Um, so it, it happens, but I wonder with this being as extreme as it was, and I do think this is extreme. I think some people are just trying to blow it under the rug, like, ah, it's just science. Oh, stealing. you're not cheating if you're not, you're not yeah. trying if you're not no, cheating. No, what was happening here was absolutely insane, how, how bad it was, in my opinion. Um, I wonder if this will be at a different level where they will not be hired again and they are now banished from the sport. They might not have a permaban, although we don't know what Alex Cora's punishment is yet. They might not be getting Pete Rose, but I'm not sure any team, especially after the negative press this has caused, is going to want to tie themselves to these guys in the future because they were cheaters. And they did it in in one guy's case for multiple years over multiple teams. And in another guy's case, they he, he you know looked the other way. He knew it was there. He looked the other way, and they won a World Series doing it. I mean... That's where I'm, I'm, I'm most curious about this. I'm frustrated about this. I think the punishment is okay, but I only think the punishment is okay if the teams in the future decide that they are untouchable and they cannot be in baseball again. That's the only way I think it's okay. If not, then what was that all for? Right. right? It makes a statement now, but if they come back into the game in five or seven years or two years or whatever, then all of a sudden teams that were, were now not cheating because they don't want their managers who are really good to be fired are like, oh, well, then what's the harm? So I'm, that's where I'm a little bit like a little worried about this. But generally, I think in a vacuum, the punishment was good and correct for what it was. I think I think the punishment for GM manager draft picks, fine. I think all of those are acceptable. I think if there's anything that I wanted more is I needed to see it affect tomorrow more. Because this team is essentially the same. All they have to do is replace a GM and a manager, and they're loaded. And guys are locked up. How good are they, though? Well, yeah, we can get to that later as well. But, I mean, we just haven't seen anything like this, and baseball is very hesitant to do stuff like this. You know, only only nine people have ever been Pete Rose in the history of baseball. And that's the eight for the 1917 Black Sox and Pete himself. So even the guy who was Pete Rose for steroids was un-Pete Rose and Henry Mejia. He was allowed back into the game. Yeah. And so I think that the ban for life is tough. Although when we get to Alex Cora, I've got some thoughts on that. So baseball is very hesitant. They've never pulled a World Series championship from someone. They've never banned someone from the playoffs. 
But I think I wanted to see something like that. That maybe you don't take away the World Series because that's a really, really big black eye. It's also stupid because we all, it's like we, yeah, vacating it's like, titles in college football. Like we all know USC won those championships. Yeah, like Reggie Bush never played college football at USC. Okay, well, you tell my eyeballs that right. because we, I definitely saw we that. We all saw it. Yeah. You um, can, the record books might not say it, but we all saw it. But I think there needs to be more. And, and the fact that, you know, all of these players are so guilty and they don't see nothing, that that sits with me the wrong way. That, Especially I, when I think of guys like Justin Verlander, who I have respectfully hated his entire career. As an Indians fan, he was a Tiger. And when we got good, the Astros are good. And then he went there, and you're like, ah, no, I can't get away from this guy. But I respect the hell out of him because he is a first ballot Hall of Fame pitcher. But you get on your high horse and you talk about the integrity of the game and how much you hate steroids and how much you hate cheating, there is no way that Justin Verlander didn't know what was going on. I think every player would know, right? And 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 the fact that these guys all skate by, that's what doesn't sit well with me. I, I do agree with that, and I think this could be another segment, and it, maybe it could be the next segment because we're coming up against a break here. But although I think this was the... As good as I was hoping for, it was a, it was a fine punishment. I also think um, Rob Manfred's being a little bit of a bitch. Ooh, I do. We don't swear on this show, Michael. So he could punish the players. He could postseason ban. He could vacate titles. You can say whatever you want about any of those bans, whether you think they're good or stupid or whatever. He could have done all those things. If he really wanted this to end now... He could have done so much to basically wipe the Astros' good team off the face of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't. He took away a manager who I think was a very good manager. We've he's talked okay. a lot about A.J. Hinch being a good manager. Yeah, he's okay. Um, maybe he's better because he had the system in place or he was at least looking the other way for the system being in place. But he was a good manager. He took away arguably the best GM in baseball. And Jeff Lunau. Everybody is doing what Lunau did. Yes. Everybody, whether you're Seattle, Miami, San Diego, Texas, like Detroit, Chicago, you name it. Everyone is doing it. He's arguably at least maybe one of the top three GMs in baseball. If you want to throw some other guys in there, that's fine. Cashman, Epstein. Yeah, sure. Um, but so that's huge. I mean, and a bunch of other guys in that front office got canned for this as well. He's basically Crane's going to have to rebuild the entire front office which is huge for a team that was looked at as the smartest in terms of building a team and finding talent. Mm -hmm. That's going to be massive to try to fill those holes. Right. So that is a huge punishment. And now they have to go into the next two drafts without the first two picks in both years without anybody who was that good at the, at the helm. That is going to be a big punishment for this team. But you're right. It doesn't hurt them tomorrow. Right. Because tomorrow, March, April, they still have Jose Altuve and George Springer and Alex Bregman and um, – all these great players, Carlos Correa, that are on this team that will likely win the AL West again, right. or we'll see. But I do wish there was a little bit more with that. But in that in that scenario, that's why I think uh, Rob Manfred was a B. I want to get I want to get into a little bit more of that because I think we're onto something. As as they say in college, there's a massive lack of institutional control, and that starts at the very very top. So we'll get to that next. But first, there's Mike with a sports update. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 
734, and as we continue with this major story in baseball, we're kind of talking, I kind of mentioned this last night, I kind of want to sit here, and we've been talking about punishments and players not being punished. Uh, you know, Jim Crane came out as the owner and said he didn't know anything, and Manfred dissolved him of any knowing, which... I, I, I find that easy to believe. I find that easy to believe. I mean, when you're a multi, you know, when you're a multi-billionaire and you own a sports franchise, you know, and you're just there drinking Mai Tais, you know, on the side watching a baseball game, you're not noticing that there's a trash can getting banged. Right. You you're know? not going down to the clubhouse every yeah, single day. Yeah. I mean, and, you're going you know, up to your luxury box and you're going home. Yeah, when Springer hits a home run in game one of the World Series leadoff, you know, Crane's not like, wow, what'd you see there? And he was like, well, the trash can, like, really let me know. Curveball was coming. You know, like, he's, so I understand that, and I'm okay with that. However, look at Jerry Sandusky. Look at uh, the Michigan State team doctors. Like, heads rolled. ADs got fired. Uh, university presidents got fired that they for sure probably not for sure, but there's a good chance they didn't know anything and they are out of a job. So I think that's, that's as we were talking about, that's my biggest thing. We've never seen a vacated world series title. I'm okay that it's not vacated. We touched on that last segment. It's this player thing. And when you say Manfred is a B, I'm wondering, is it because, he doesn't want to get into a battle with the MLBPA and lose. That is a hundred percent what it is. I've read in reports uh, that would he lose? It, it's not that he would lose. It's that it would drag out for probably multiple years and be a giant distraction from the sport. Yeah. And I don't think he wants to risk that at a time where the sport's doing very well regionally, but nationally it's kind of on a, on a, on a scary precipice. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that. Although, if you want to flip uh, flip that, you could say any news is good news. Right. So if people right, are talking about right. this, then it might attract more eyeballs. Here's the thing with the players for me, right? If you suspend the players for any amount of time, and you could you could do research on it. I mean, we have the videos. We know which batters used and didn't use the banging, mm-hmm. right? I remember way back in the beginning, there was a, I think it was Yuli Gurriel or someone, they reported that a couple of guys were like, yeah, I don't want that. Like, I, I'd much prefer not to have the distraction of listening for that. Yeah, you might focus, be in the zone. want to focus on the at-bat. Um, I think that would be good, and it would stop it in its tracks. However, I did read this paragraph today, and it really stuck with me, and it kind of changed my mind a little bit about it. It's from a David Schoenfeld piece on, on ESPN. I love him. I just listened to him fill in for Buster on a podcast. Here's the paragraph. Some will feel that Cora and Hinch are the scapegoats for actions committed by the players who escaped any punishment. That's an argument, I suppose. But history tells us players are incapable of policing themselves, as in the steroids era when few players spoke out against what was happening. Former Rangers pitcher Rick Helling was a notable exception. Indeed, if A's pitcher Mike Fires, a member of the 2017 Astros, hadn't broken the player code of silence, we not might not be where we are today. So basically, and actually, uh, my mom said this last night. We had a very passionate talk on the way home about this topic. It was very funny. Um, it was my dad and, and my mom and I. And she goes, when you're a player and your coach says jump, you say how high, right? right. Alex Cora, the bench coach, was the one who created this system. Mm-hmm. Players were like, okay, coach, let's do it. Seems to be a great player coach. People right. love him. Right. So, I mean – Look at the benefit, right? You know what pitch is coming. You still have to hit it. That's not right. going to be a challenge, but you know what pitch is coming. The same thing with steroids, right? Everyone knew steroids was bad, 
but nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players did it because right. they saw the benefit of it. Right. So that, I thought that article, that, that paragraph was great. The players can't police themselves. That is true. And that is something that I think we as fans have to kind of drill into our brains that these guys are competing at the highest level and trying to do anything they can to be the best player that they can be. They're going to find any way they can to cheat. As dirty as it, as stupid as that may be, that's the case with all athletes, right? Right. Especially when you get to that level, there's a certain wiring in you where you're like, I don't care. I want to win. I want to make money. I want to be a Hall of Fame. Whatever it is, right? Players have never policed themselves. There's been a code of silence. They protect themselves. Everybody's bashing Mike Fires right now. So there has to be a fall guy. And if any of these guys came out and strongly told them this needs to stop or there will be ramifications in this clubhouse, they would have stopped. But that didn't happen. Right. So ultimately it falls on the head of the leader. And that would be Hinch and, and uh, Lunau, the GM. Yeah. I'm sticking with the players real quick, and we'll finish up this segment on on this before we move. I don't know where we're going to move to. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it it. You got Cora, you got yeah, Red Sox, yeah, you got pull, Beltron. Pull the got... pull the curtain back for a second. Mike and I were talking before the show. This is a very easy show for us to do because we know what we're talking about. This is actually a really hard show to navigate, just because there's so much, and you want to break it down layer by layer and keep it congruent. Anyway, welcome to our hard tough pathetic lives we need help um but sticking with the players okay don't want to get into it with the MLBPA because you'll probably lose and it'll put a, an even bigger scar on the face of baseball nationally okay i can buy that there's some players on that 2017 team that are hall of famers and could be hall of famers is that going to be their punishment possible because we see it i mean barry bonds never failed a test roger clemens never failed a test he got into an investigation just like these guys and looks pretty bad in that investigation just like these guys and that's how he's paying for it jose altuve is on his way to the hall of fame justin verlander is a hall of famer well let's be clear the pitchers did not get any benefit from this science dealing understood but they know yes they still know but that that's the thing is i'm gonna abdicate the pitchers out of this is that the right word to use I'm going to remove them from from this as a thought because this was only benefiting the batters, right? right. There, there's so I'm just just for this the sake of this argument, I'm removing that. Sure, they knew, right? Okay. Well, it devalues them as in but, their position, but it doesn't devalue them for the Hall of Fame, right? There are tons of players who knew about steroid users who weren't using steroids. It doesn't devalue their Hall of Fame case. The okay. case is based on their. Ty Cobb was an A, but he still got it. Yeah, got it. The hitters always Ty Cobb. Always I'm, Ty Cobb. I'm going to be really, really curious. Going forward into this season especially, I'm going to pay hyper attention to the Astros. Are the players that we think are great as good as they are? Is as Springer as are? good as he is? I have lamented my love for Alex Bregman on is, this show. Is Altuve as good as he is? Is Altuve as, as good as, we think as he, he is? is? Um, these are going to be really, really interesting cases, right? So they're saying this happened with the Astros in 2017, which they proved was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw as close as last year in the second to last month of the season, something fall off Torino's bat, and we were like, oh, that might be a buzzer, and there were reports that they were using buzzers to tell people what the pitches were right. when they couldn't use the TV monitors anymore. I mean, were the Astros doing this all along, right? Or right. at least since 2017. And if that's the case, and the and the quality of the player goes down, then I think they take themselves out of Hall of Fame consideration because it proves that they weren't good enough without it, Right. Right. But if Jose Altuve still hits 320 and he's still great, he's a Hall of Famer cheater or not. 
right? Just like I think Barry Bonds is eventually going to be a Hall of Famer because he was great before and after. I mean, we've seen the votes come in. They're trending higher. The numbers are trending higher for him and Clemens. Yeah. yeah. Those are the those are the two guys in that argument who were already Hall of Famers before they took steroids, right? Right. So if Altuve continues to be amazing, he might have some punishment for four, five, six years. None of them are first ballot. But they'll lose their first ballot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what baseball does. But if he's still great, see Robbie Alomar, he'll make it in, right? Right. Whereas, like, if just as an example, if Bregman's not, let's say Bregman turns into a career 260, 250 hitter. Turns into Kyle Seeger. Yeah, I mean. Sick burn. <laughs> Sick burn. He does, right? <laughs> if that's the case, then no, he's not a Hall of Famer. He wouldn't even be considered because Bregman's been in the league for, what, three years? So three great years and then a bunch of average because he doesn't know the, the pitch that's coming? I mean, that's not a Hall of Famer. So they'll be they'll be punished or not punished based on how they perform after this, I think. Is that also how you feel? Yeah. So you, so you aren't, you aren't one of the people, because I'll tell you this, let me say, I'm going to tell you how I feel, and I'm curious if you're the same or differ. I am no longer an Alex Bregman fan. I am no longer a George Springer fan. Like, I don't want George Springer on my fantasy team next year. I'm not a Jose Altuve fan. I am so, so disappointed in Michael Brantley. And Verlander can, can kick rocks and jump off a cliff. Now I don't respectfully hate you. Now I just hate you. I feel that way towards these players. Yeah. Do you? Yes. Yeah. I do. Even if Jose Altuve. I already Altuve, kind of disliked them because they were kind of douches. But even if Altuve, who's probably one of the more likable. Lovable baseball the, elf? Yeah. The lovable baseball elf, as our good friend, Big John Sucanic calls him. Even if he bats 320 and hits 35 bombs and steals 30 bases and is in the top five MVP voting, do you still dislike him? Yes. So this hangs with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Me too. I hope, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. I know that's a quote, but I, w- I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> I will because I'm not a religious man, so I don't really care. But, no uh, offense to those that are listening that are religious. But, yeah, I mean, it's I just... pray to the Church of Baseball, as Susan Sarandon said in, Bill, in Bull Durham. Mm. Great quote. Great quote. Great. Sexy lady. Great quote. Great movie. Sexy lady. Um, especially in that movie, yeah. Um, I, I feel the same way about the steroid guys. I've changed my opinion on them. In the last couple of years. Well, where, I wonder, will your opinion change in 15 years? No, no, no. What I'm saying is I still hate them for what they did. I'm annoyed that they did that and they hurt the 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 legacy of the game. But I also respect that they were great players, with or without it, right? And that's why I say, I think Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Because they are a, 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 a fixture of baseball in that time, whether you like them or not, whether they cheated or not, they were a valuable history aspect of baseball and is not the hall trying to be a historical document and i also think without the steroids they still would have been hall of famers notice i'm not mentioning the others sosa and palmero and mcguire because a rod the rumor is he was doing in high school right so i don't i'm not mentioning about those players because i didn't think they were hall of famers till the steroids started right whereas with bonds and clemens they were that will be the same with this right i will be frustrated with them the entirety of their career and always remember that they cheated. But if they're great still, I'll say they deserve to be in the hall of fame. They're great players cheating or not. It's just, it's how I've turned. That's how my opinion has changed with the steroid guys too, is Barry Bonds was still one of the greatest hitters of all time without the steroids. So, right. I mean, the MVP, the MVP speak for itself. Yeah. Um, 
Coming up in the top of the eight o'clock hour, I do want to I do want to get into Alex Cora and a little Carlos Beltran, the Red Sox, and where the Mets go from here. But I love this text that just came across on the fan text line five five three zero five. I think baseball will correct itself, and I'm interested in where we go from here before we open up the can that is Alex Cora, because in my opinion, outside of this player discussion we just had, Cora's the story. I think Cora is the biggest part of the story, and I'd rather dedicate the 8 o'clock hour to that. So we'll do that next. That's Mike Lynch behind the glass tonight. I'm Patrick Harris. This is 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll get to Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran, Red Sox of 2018. And also how mad I am about my Indians with this whole situation. And you should be too, Michael, with your Yankees. Also, uh, I'll give you, you can't my... can't be that mad because we've been mentioned a couple of times as a team that's maybe done this. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> Mike's like, hey, please don't, please ignore us. I'm just going to go ahead and back into a corner. Um, I can give you my Marvel uh, update at 845. Okay. I can do that as well. I'll let you know uh, where we are in that. If you didn't know. I don't know if you've talked about this on the air necessarily, but uh, I thought we did. We might have. It might have been off the air. Who knows anymore, right? I don't know. Um, I feel like everything we do, Michael, is recorded. <laughs> That's probably true um, that you are watching all the Marvel movies from the beginning because you hadn't seen any of them except for like two. Yes. In chronological order. Yes. Not order of release. I found one of those cool websites that tell you to watch. Uh, the thought that I want to get to real quick, and I think I know your answer, and I think you probably know my answer, but I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about real quick. Uh, this text message on the fan text line 55305, which, by the way, you guys have been great tonight. Please keep them coming in. Uh, this is a big, big story, and I'm curious where other people lie. Uh, this text comes in that says, I think baseball will correct itself. And I think it's an interesting concept to think about because I remember in 2004 – I am 19. The Mitchell Report comes out. Um, I am a huge baseball fan, and I am like personally hurt by the steroid era at that time. It's so fresh. And you have this thought in your brain of, oh, no, is this sport hosed? And I'm curious, you know, what is the fallout in terms of the perception of this sport? Of the non-baseball fans. Because I think this, I 100% agree with this text. If I survive the steroid era, I'm going to survive the cheating, the sign-stealing era. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to make it. We're going to be okay. Right. But I'm curious, what does this do to its national perception? Do we look Do we look stupid again? Oh, there goes baseball. Can't get out of their own way. I don't think so. And I think I'm only taking this because of what I've seen with the benefit of our text line throughout the week and throughout the months of this and on Twitter and stuff, casual baseball fan does not care. Yeah. They that... don't, they don't care. There are so many people who have said, wait, I thought science thing was allowed, which it is just not to the extent that what the Astros did. Right. Um, you know, using your brains and your ability to sleuth out what the pitcher and catcher are doing while you're on say second base or just watching from the dugout and trying to get some tip pitches. Fantastic. Right. Right. Good on you. The pitcher needs to be better. When you have a camera pointed at them that you are watching in a monitor in the tunnel behind the dugout and relaying every single pitch to the hitters and finding every single tell from the pitchers because you're watching it on a big monitor is horrific compared to that, right? Right. That's every single pitch is being tipped. 
Whereas in regular sign stealing, it's like, hey, you need to have a guy on second. Maybe you figure it out. Maybe you don't. You know, that's more of like kind of the gray area with baseball. So I don't think casual baseball fan cares or understands why it's a big deal. So do we look stupid again? The question you asked, I think baseball only looks stupid to those people because they're saying, why are you making a big deal out of this? Mm. I don't think this is like Which I'd rather somebody say than, oh, here's these idiots again, as I was saying, because I feel like, man, baseball's so good right now and we just can't get out of our own way. You know, I, I, I am guilty of this in my professional life. You know, like I work, you know, I feel like I work really hard and I try to be, you know, respectful and professional, but also loose at the same time. And I make mistakes all the time. And sometimes I feel like, man, just get out of your own way. And I'm worried that baseball is in this situation. But if it's only us that are worried about this, we're not going to be okay because we're not leaving. We're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. Mike, you're about to win six of the next 10 World Series. You're not going anywhere. hey oh Yeah, and I'm about to watch Frankie win five of those. So <laughs> so, so, I I get, so. so I get it. I guess I guess I just maybe with all this, I wish there was a way to show the public that baseball is serious when it comes to protecting their game. Well, because I, I think everybody knows that the NFL does not care about protecting their game. That it is quite obvious, whether whether it's whether it's as big as concussions or as small as the rules change every year. And, and you watch TV, and I know guys that, that are diehard NFL fans that something happens and you're like, hey, what's the rule on this? And they're like, oh, actually, I'm not sure. And you're like, what? You're not sure? You've been watching the, every single game every single week for 10 years, and you don't know? I guess I just was hoping that this could be a situation where it's like, oh, baseball's got their S together. I think that could be part of it. I mean, like I said, I think what they did was good. The punishment was solid. I think it sends a message. Um, I've seen the split reactions to it, but if we're just talking about the perception as a whole, then I think baseball proved that they did care about this enough to make a statement about it. You know, if you are, we don't know for sure, but I'm going to just go with, with this assumption. If you are essentially ending the careers of two managers and a GM who are regarded as great in the game, that's a pretty damn big statement. It is a big one. So in terms of the public view of that, I would hope they look at that and go, oh, okay, well, baseball wants to stop now. Um, and then to continue off the text that we got, that baseball will correct itself. I'm not really sure how that will come to be, but I agree with it. Whether that's an even further ban on technology in the dugouts, you know, no more iPads allowed for watching your last at bat or whatever, or whether it's going the other way and allowing technology to be used for calling pitches so that it's impossible to steal yeah whereas like if yeah if the pitcher and catcher can relay some ways so you can't there's see like a, it a wristwatch or something or yeah. whatever that the pitcher wears so he knows what pitch is coming and there's there's no signs it's just based purely on what the watch says mm-hmm. or what that just as an example you can go in either direction i would rather go the other the the less technology way just because i think it looked weird to have people on the field like wearing wrist watches but i mean if it goes that way that's fine it will correct itself by creating new rules or by learning from this process. I mean, we already saw baseball learn from the original accusation of this in 2017 when the Red Sox and Yankees were caught doing something similar where I think the Red Sox were using an Apple watch and the Yankees were caught with, I think using the replay room or something. I can't remember the exact details, but it was one of those things. I know Apple watch was involved that they said, look, we know we didn't have a lot of good rules in place for this. 
We know we didn't really specifically say what is, an, is, an, is or isn't allowed. You're going to get a fine. You're going to get a slap on the wrist. But if anything happens after this, you're getting the hammer put down on you, right? Mm-hmm. It happened after this. Houston, Boston were waiting for it, but Houston and Boston again. The hammer was put down. You can argue about the levels of it all you want, but it was put down compared to giving a small fine. And if it happens again, then you can bet that it's going to be even worse. Yeah. So as baseball is dealing with this, they're learning and they're going to adjust the rules and they're going to adjust what's allowed. And if it happens again, the punishment will be worse. Same with steroids, right? I mean, the punishments are now pretty extreme. First, first test, half the season done. Bye. Yeah. Second test, full season done. Bye. Third test, full ban forever. You gone. I mean, that's pretty extreme compared to what it was originally where it was like, oh, well, I mean, no. Ah, oh, hey, we didn't hey, have don't rules do that, about man. this. Don't do that. That's so against ba- the rules. So baseball learns. Yeah. Uh, it, it's slow to learn, and I think that's probably frustrating for some people and allows for things like this to happen. But it, I agree with that text. I think it will correct itself. I just don't know in which way it will. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the teams and players will look at this and go, that's not what the game is about. And right. they just stop it themselves. Right, they go to their managers, or if it, if their teams are doing anything even close to this, or saying like, "Yeah, we should probably cut this out," like we kind of don't want to. This look at what like people look at the Astros like they're scumbags now. Like we well, we I don't want to do that. People already hated the Astros. Like now, good God. So it could be that it could be that route too. So, but I agree with yeah, baseball will police itself. All right, when we come back, I think it's finally time we get into uh, who is being called the main culprit of this whole situation, and we'll get into that next. This is the Hot Corner, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 